I don't even understand all my references. Sometimes I just say things. Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of our body at Desert Springs. My name is Chase Jacobs. I'm the Minister of Theological Training at DSC. And with me, as always, is... Drew Hodge, Pastor of Music. Yes, you are. Yes. Drew, this is a big week for us. Uh, We didn't really have time to plan ahead on this, but we've got a big Sunday coming up based on a decision that the elders made this Tuesday as we're recording. So um, this uh, this Sunday, as we've announced to the church, we're going to be opening up for everybody. Anybody that wants to come can come. We're not doing the alphabet any the alphabet thing anymore. We're just uh, yep. going with it. Yeah, yeah. So we're asking for all of our members and attenders to RSVP for the service that they want to come to. So you can go on to our website, go through the app. Uh, you can call the front office if you don't have uh, internet access or you're not uh, you're not uh, technologically savvy, uh, so and, and, and request a service. Um, but you can sign up for the 9 or the 11, and once those fill up, we're, we're estimating we can fit about 200 people in the room mm. uh, with social distancing. Once those fill up, then you can sign up for overflow, and the overflow will be in the West Wing in the youth room. Uh, and so you'll still be able to gather with, with other brothers and sisters and, and, and be a part uh, of the service that way, and you can even register for Overflow without uh, the the main. Yeah, you just want some room to if you, wiggle around, because we could anticipate, and I think it's entirely legitimate that some would be more comfortable in a room with less people in it, yeah. and that's and that's okay. And if you feel in that way, then you want to be in a room with twenty people, mm-hmm. thirty people, come and, and sign up for Overflow. If you've got young kids that you think maybe a little too restless to to be in the in the main worship center, then I think the overflow is a good option for you. Yeah, and that overflow experience is going to be... You're still going to be with other brothers and sisters. You're still going to be able to interact before and after the service. Uh, You'll still be able to sit under the Word together, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is... I know we want to talk about that stuff a a little bit later um, as we we consider uh, what Sundays mean for us and how important it is that we're gathering. But yeah, I'm really excited about the, the option for everybody to... To, uh, to be able to come back um, every Sunday. I know there's been many people who have, who have longed for this. I've longed for this. And, and we, were, we were just trying to figure out the best system uh, to, to allow people to come and to, and to maintain uh, the COVID-safe guidelines. Uh, but we think we can keep doing that. Yeah, this, uh, is, a, this is a big development. You know, we've been, um, as we say, as leaders talking about this, feels like constantly. I mean, just every week when we're seeing each other, we're kind of kicking around ideas, trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Um, and, and we're pressing forward. You know, we've always said that, that we're, we're trying to um, act wisely and, and reasonably in this, but we want to uh, always be, be doing church the way that we feel like um, is best for, best for our members. And yeah. so um, we were doing the alphabet thing for a while. We felt that that was right. But as we saw the numbers and um, even having our Lord's Supper service the other day, we thought, you know, we're really ready to take this next step and we think we can, we can do it well. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord's Supper service was kind of a test run for us and went really well. And it was a really sweet time to have the room uh, more full. And uh, even with us not being able to sing just yet, it's still uh, really encouraging to be together. It was so nice to teach too. What felt like a full room, right? It was right. just. I mean, it felt like church again. You know, yeah. it felt. Like... But you're right. COVID has 
kind of overshadowed, or at least it's it's tented every discussion that we have as church leaders in in how we do. We we can't take anything for granted uh, anymore, or just assume uh, the the normal mo's of our church life together um, without considering COVID, without yeah. considering um, how we are to interact with our governing authorities, how we are to uh, love our neighbor, how we are to care for one another, protect the sheep, um, yeah, submit all these things. It has been, it has been a struggle. And you and I were talking earlier, Chase, that that we're feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it has been a, a particular season of of uh, just weightiness, mm-hmm. and we, we're feeling that burden. I know many pastors are. I just read a, a yeah, a sad story online uh, last night about. A pastor who was being fired from his church because he was requiring masks, and mm. people got upset, and so he's he's fired. Um, that's you know that's not just you know in the crazy interwebs. That's mm. I mean that's real life. Those are those are these are lives that are being affected by that, and and we know that our people have struggled with this as well. Um, and I just want to pause and commend uh, the majority of our flock for their faithfulness, their perseverance. One, to, to pray for us as leaders. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, we need that. And for their quiet, humble submission yeah. to the elders at DSC, their their quiet support, even if they disagree with these guidelines right. and if they disagree with the governor and if they disagree with the health officials. They have, they have, they have submitted their uh, personal feelings personal understanding of this pandemic and personal politics mm-hmm. to a large degree they've submitted those things to uh, to serving and maintaining unity and striving after unity uh, in as much as is possible so yeah. I'm really thankful for that yeah me too and and just knowing like you said I've been frustrated at times in the yeah. last what has it been three years uh, I think eight months but it feels like it's yeah. been a lot longer is this it's still March right I th- uh, is this March but no, in I've, April yet yeah, I've been <laughs> frustrated I've been discouraged at times I've been confused um, and and it's been a fight for me I've had to take those feelings to the Lord and try to understand yeah, what to do with them? How do I think about this? And and I've had some moments where I've just you know I've been ready to to throw the whole thing in and just say let's yeah. let's just forget all of this stuff. Let's just go. Yeah. You know, I've had those those moments, and um, time and again I've come back to that word that you said to just submission. You know that mm. um, God has sovereignly placed me in New Mexico. And he has sovereignly placed me at Desert Springs Church. And there are other people that I am accountable to and under their authority. And that's God's good yeah. will for me, you know? And I don't I don't understand it all the time. I don't, um, yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm not there yet, but it has been, uh, it has been really refining for me to just come back to again and again, God knows better than I do. God, God hmm. is is sovereign over my life and where He's placed me and who He's That's placed right. me in authority. And I'm on staff at the church, and I'm struggling with that. So I can't yeah. imagine, you know, what what many people listening are going through and, and are feeling. And like you said, I'm so encouraged because I know the the Lord is refining them in that same way. And Amen. and there have been so many people that have just responded so well to this in a situation that none of us is prepared for. That's you know, right. none of us knows how to think about this. Um, 
so yeah, it's it's it is like you're saying, just commendable how our church has responded to this. Yeah, we're struggling, but we're struggling together. We're fighting, but we're fighting together. Um, maintaining that unity is is key for us here. And you you read earlier today, Chase from uh, Ecclesiastes eight, I believe it was, mm-hmm. which I think is just a, a great uh, little nugget that you found there. And it, because you mentioned, we don't know everything. We don't know the future. Yep. Um, and I think I think yeah, we need me, to. I think let me we read to remember that. Yeah. yeah this yeah, is. Go this ahead. is. I was uh, reading through Ecclesiastes this week, and um, you know, and having one of those moments where I was a little frustrated. And uh, this is Ecclesiastes eight verse two. I say, keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Be not hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is supreme, and who may say to him, what are you doing? Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing, and the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way, for there is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy on him, for he does not know what is to be, for who can tell him how it will be? And that was just, ugh, you know, God has given us kings, has given us authority according to his sovereign will, this is Romans 13, for the public good. Um, and we can dispute what the public good is. We can dispute how that works, but that is the authority that God has given to the king, the oath that God has given to the king. And God is working through the king. We don't know how, (laughs) and we don't know what's going to happen. There's been so many times where I said, that's it, let's do this. And then the news has corrected me. You know, something has changed that I just never foresaw. I was like, man, that would have been a really bad idea if we had just done what I thought we should have done right then. And so I'm chastened by that. And um, that that was just a, another verse, another uh, reminder for me from the scriptures that the, our relationship to authority and then God's authority over authority is, is complex, yeah. um, but God's good in it. Yeah, it's humbling. Yeah, it should put us in a in a more humble uh, position when we think about um, our governing authorities. Uh, we should be, yeah, maybe a little slower to judge, a little slower to speak, um, and not that we would make a one to one connection between the kings that the writer of Ecclesiastes is dealing with and our governors. And, sure, and in his yeah. context, he wouldn't have the opportunity to to petition and to. To vote That's and right, to, yeah. to argue. Which is what we're doing right now. Which is what we're doing. You know, yeah, we that continue when, to do. When we disagree with our authorities, we have a recourse, and we're and we're taking advantage of that. We're trying. I mean, I know that you've been in regular contact with the governor's office. They're probably yeah. sick of you. They, uh, <laughs> yeah. Caroline is definitely sick of hearing and, from me. And we pray for Caroline and yeah. are grateful for her and her role. But yeah, yeah we're, we're kind of in an interesting dynamic as Americans yeah. in the way that our government is set up, mm-hmm. but the principle is not any different that none of us has perfect knowledge. That's yeah. what Ecclesiastes is saying. Yeah. None of us under the sun knows what's going to come after yeah. us. And so we, gosh, we just have to be so humble. We have to be so slow to act. We have to be so patient. Yeah. Um, and and we know, we acknowledge that our governors don't have perfect knowledge. And so we pray that God would give them wisdom and insight beyond the limitations of their knowledge. And he might be uh, you know, and and we we pray that he is that yeah. uh, maybe he's acting in a way that just preserves good where we couldn't understand. Like Gandalf said, not even the very wise can see all ends. When Frodo was so upset about the ring having come yeah, to him, that's right, and and Gollum's involvement in the ring, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we can uh, we can trust that we don't know everything, and we can also trust that God does, mm-hmm. and He works through this. So. 
Real quick, let's talk a few more logistics about the new RSVP model and how we can encourage our people to embrace it, lean into it, um, and then and then maybe we can yeah get some uh, more reflections on on these things uh, here in a little bit. So as I'm thinking about it, um, why wouldn't we just do first come first serve? Mm-hmm. Um, so which was an option that we that talked was an about, option. Yeah. yeah, we could just say okay, we have this many seats. We just tell everybody, hey, first come, first serve. Yep. Show up early, show up on time. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you don't get a seat. Mm-hmm. Well, um, a, a couple of thoughts from me on that, and then you can uh, add in, Chase. Um, one is we want to be able to plan. So it help, really helps us with planning as we're trying to figure out spacing in our room and in our overflow if we know how many people to expect in mm-hmm. each service. Um, a lot of people prefer the 9 a.m. service over the 11, so we could imagine a bunch of people showing up for 9, yep. and then a lot of them not being able to get in, yep. which is and then going home. Yeah, that's hugely inconvenient for the person that came, yes. is that they drove all this way and then they have to turn around. That's also an added burden on us yeah. and some of our volunteers, yeah. because they're having to... Yeah. Uh, interact and turn down those people right. that that are over and then they miss out on an on an available seat in the 11 o'clock That's service right. yeah that was that was open because they everyone came to the early right. so it helps us with planning helps us with uh, with balancing uh the two services um but um but yeah like you said the other thing is yeah we won't have to turn somebody away who yeah. actually takes the time to right. to show up um i would i would hate for that um, and Drew, I know somebody's first question is with this RSVP system or any system, well, what about guests? What about somebody yeah. that wants to come and hear the gospel for the first time sure. and they just roll yeah. into church? Yeah, we don't want to turn them away for sure. We, we do have built in a little buffer room in the numbers. So even if we drop the gate for RSVPs and say, okay, we can't take any more, we know we have a little bit of wiggle room. So so that could be for guests, that that could be for somebody who forgot to RSVP and just showed up on a Sunday. Um, we're not we're not policing this to the degree that we're going to be checking people in, um, uh, checking every name at the door. Um, but we will have we will have a little bit more of a yeah hands on ushering system to make sure people get in because mm-hmm. if we're going to have a full room, mm-hmm. then we need to utilize all the available seats. Right. So our ushers will be um, they will be ushering. Uh, a little more aggressively, maybe, mm-hmm. um, at least with the uh, the beginning of services. But certainly, a guest, if a, if you if you have a friend or a neighbor that wants to come to the service with you, bring them. Yep. Um, you can certainly RSVP for them. But if but if somebody just comes to church, um, you know, that is just interested in, in finding out what Desert Springs is all about, yeah, we certainly want to have uh, space for them, so we wouldn't turn them away. And we're also making some changes to. What's happening before and after the service? Yeah, yeah, we want fellowship to be to be more part of our Sunday gatherings, as it talks about in Acts two. They, you know, they gave themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, and and we we know that that included uh, just uh, living life together. Mm-hmm. And so, part of our, our Sunday services is to live life together, to um, to talk to one another, to share burdens, to love one another um, and to uh, yeah care for one another in that way. So what we're going to do is is allow people to come a little bit early if they want um, to to even hang out maybe in the courtyard or hang out in the parking lot um, or even hang out in the room uh, for the for the nine o'clock service. So for the first service you can come a little early 
and have some time to uh, to to be around other people, socially distanced mm-hmm. with mask. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna honor those restrictions and 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 still want to uh, find ways for fellowship. And then after each service, we're gonna again open up um, different areas of the of the uh, the building and the grounds for you to to be able to fellowship. We're even thinking about putting some tables and chairs out in the lawn, mm-hmm. and and we're thinking about food trucks. These are these are ideas that we're hoping will just uh, give some structure and some environment for people to hang out Which before is and after. Part of why we just want to increase how many people are coming to these services in general, and then that people can come every week because right. that's that's part of it, right? Is, yeah. is we are coming to all be together. That's what the church is. And that togetherness, yeah. like you said, is not just to hear the sermon and sing. It's to yeah. be a family. It's to be talking to each other and praying together and um, in one another's lives. That Sunday morning is such a crucial time for that. And so we're trying to make those That's spaces fine. and those opportunities for that. Yeah, we can be the church all week and be ministering to one another, uh, but we can't be a church if we don't gather, yep. if we don't come together. That's what a church is. It's an assembly. So we must regularly uh, assemble uh, as a body. It's a living organism. Yep. It, it, we need each other. We need all of the parts, um, which, which makes me think of, uh, I woke up early, early this morning thinking of the word edification and what that means for our gatherings um, and, and how important it is for us to consider um, how we edify one another when we come together. Um, our gatherings are not just about us. Mm. Um, they're about how we serve one another, even in the corporate gathering. Uh, we've heard, you've probably heard a lot and talked a lot about American consumerism, you know, seeping into our churches and, and churches becoming more consumeristic in the sense that people just show up, they receive a product, they mm-hmm. receive a service, and then they leave, almost like they would at a club or Jiffy uh, Lube. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You just you show up and you, you pay your tithe, and you get your mm-hmm. you get your service. Um, and uh, and that's not the New Testament picture yeah. of the gathered church. Um, my son this morning asked me. Uh, my eight-year-old son asked me why I like to work at a church and what my favorite part of church was, mm. um, which I just thought were great questions. Yeah. And both answers are rooted in the gathering, mm. the gathered church. That is what I love about uh, working here is that I get to be involved in the planning and the leading mm-hmm. of our corporate gatherings. That's what I love about the life of the church is the gathering, the gathering around uh, the word. So this is where... The podcast is going to take a more soapboxy turn <laughs> as we just continue to, to flesh this out. So uh, feel free to you know skip over to Moeller's briefing if you haven't listened to that already or whatever number of podcasts that you're used to listening to. But Chase and I just wanted to to discuss some of these things a little further as we consider um, the gathering and and even how this RSVP model can help us to recapture. The priority of the Lord's Day, yeah. and and help people to uh, be eager and anticipate. You have to, you have to yeah. RSVP, yep. uh, and and that can be a useful mechanism in reengaging and kind of reentering yeah. the atmosphere being, of being at church every Sunday. Yeah, being intentional. You know, it's I, I'm thinking about 
the big conversation of 2019 at our church was going down to one service. Amen. Because we had these strong convictions that the church is not, you know, separate. It is together. And so even two services can almost feel like two different churches, and you're not going to get that chance to be all together. And so that was our, our big step and our big And with big the decision. alphabet game, we were essentially four. Yeah, so we were we took steps backwards If you had told me last COVID. year, hey, yeah, Drew, we're going to actually move to four. Yeah. <laughs> four different groups of people that oh, show man. up over two weeks. I would have punched you that's in the right. nose. You would have been a rage monster because <laughs> that's that's just not it. That's not that what is, the church is. No. And, and so that is why we are taking these steps to say, what can we do at any rate to at least get down to two services instead of four separate services where people can't come even every Sunday. Um, but but we're still pressing on to that goal. It's also why we're talking about renovations yeah. and picking up, you know, with the with the ball on that because that's what the church is, is it's together. And like you said, you know, to edify or, or to build one another yeah. up, it's not just for an individual to come to the church to get taught to, to get sung to. It is even in those acts of singing, even in those acts of engaging in the scriptures, that's all for the building up of the body into the head, which is Christ. And we do that together. You can't do that by yourself and you can't do that virtually. You know, it's a, there's, there's very good reasons that we are offering our services online, um, the whole service. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have been blessed by that. I'm even encouraged. A lot of people outside of our church have been blessed by by that, you know, Um, but that's not it. That's, that's not church. That's yeah. not church because uh, as happy as we are that you're watching that, yep. you're not edifying us by watching that. You are being edified and we're grateful for that. But but we should be trying, striving to be intentional with, get me back in there. Get me back in there yeah. so that I can be with my brothers and sisters so that I can care for them and I can love them. And yeah, if that means RSVPing on Tuesday to make sure that you've got that time prioritized on Sunday, if that means planning your schedule so that you're in town on Sundays. Amen. I know some people with the way things have been, their schedules have just gotten different. That's yep. great. But hey, I'd encourage you guys, Sunday's mm-hmm. the Lord's day. And for the Lord's people, yep. let's start prioritizing that again because we can all be there. Yeah, amen. Yeah, so when I've been thinking about a lot of this and and this is as much aimed at myself and my selfishness and how I want church to look and feel a certain way. And so I have to challenge myself with what does the Word of God say about the church and what is the church and what does the church do uh, when we gather. So I've been jotting down a lot of thoughts under the under the title of Church on My Terms. Mm. Um, and that's yeah, a bit tongue-in-cheek because I'm thinking, yeah, this is this is how I want church to be. But is that in line with what the Scriptures say about the church? Um, what we would call the regulative principle, or how Scripture gu- guides and directs uh, all that we do when yeah. we gather. Yeah, the regulative right. principle referring to the idea that, yeah, we're not we're not coming up with our methods of worship or yep. our preferred practices yep. out of our own head. We're really trying yep. to drive out of the Scripture what it says about what yep. we do when we gather together. Exactly. God has told us how He wants to be worshipped. It isn't a free-for-all. We don't just decide it and and create, come up with new, fresh ways right. each week. Which is why um, we don't have mimes it is, in it, our church. Right. We, yeah. Yeah, as great as miming is, um, it's not in the Bible. Yeah. And so, yep. we'll, we'll leave that for somewhere else. Yes. yes, we believe that the Scriptures have given us guardrails. 
um, for us to follow. It's, it should be informed, shaped, led, uh, regulated uh, by Scripture. Um, so when I'm thinking through all this, I, I, I want to know what does the Bible say that we must do when we gather? Because I hear myself thinking and I hear others saying that I can't worship unless fill in the blank. Mm. I can't uh, experience worship unless fill in the blank, or I or I can't or I won't attend I just church. Won't do it, yeah. I won't attend church until mm-hmm. fill in the blank mm-hmm. or unless fill in the blank. So pre-COVID, we would have heard things like, um, "I can't worship unless we sing a lot of old hymns," mm. or "or I can't worship unless we sing a lot of new mm-hmm. <laughs> new songs." I can't worship, um, or I can't uh, go to a church unless there's a robust children's ministry mm. that really meets the needs of my family's age demographic. Um, I, unless there's lots of young people or lots of old people, right? Mm-hmm. We have we have these preferences that we raise to the level of must-haves, right? That are just higher than what Scripture places on those things. Yep. Um, and those things can be good things. Exactly. They're, that's not yeah. to say that they're. Yeah. Um, even unimportant, but exactly. that's not part of necessary component of worship. Right. So this this season has caused me to just think more deeply about about what are the must haves when we gather as a church, um, and yeah, and am I choosing my church based on who serves the best coffee mm-hmm. or who has the best sounding music or the music that's the loudest or yeah. the quietest? And as you said, that's all twenty nineteen. Those are Questions, all very normal, you know, and 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 yeah. we've been teaching against that and struggling with that uh, mm-hmm. for years. But now we're in 2020. Now, we're, now that we're in COVID land, uh, it sounds like this: um, I need a church that won't make make me wear a mask. Mm. I need a church that will let me uh, not have to social distance, and uh, I need a church that will uh, preach politics mm. and endorse a candidate. Mm. Um, I need a church. Uh, that lets me come when I want, <laughs> that doesn't make me RSVP mm. uh, or wait to a, a certain letter of the alphabet. Or I need a church that will let me sing. Mm. Um, and, you, and you think, whoa, wait a minute. That last one, that last one has to be wrong, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. That <laughs> gets a singing's a good thing. Singing's commanded in, in the scripture. And under normal circumstances, absolutely yes and amen. Um, but during these COVID days, during an emergency, during a health emergency, there is a pandemic. I have to remind myself. I have to remind others that these are not normal circumstances. Yeah, you know, we were. I was thinking about um, in the book of uh, Samuel when David is running away from King Saul, and he's got an army of men with him that they're hungry, and he comes to the tabernacle, and the priest has bread in the tabernacle, and, and God, God's law clearly said that that bread was just for the the priests, mm. and David was starving. He and his men were starving. They needed food. And so um, they recognized that there's, you know, a, a, under normal circumstances, a way that God is to be obeyed in worship, but the regulative principle is a principle. It's not a law. And so in order to meet this greater good of caring for starving people, they gave him the bread. Yeah. You know, and and so that's in the same way that yeah, singing is a command, um, and we made that distinction on a podcast before that there's a difference between a command of prohibition 
and then one that is uh, a positive command yeah. and that, you know, every, every moment you're not singing does not mean you're sinning, but every right. moment you're committing adultery, you're sinning, right? right. There's, a, there's a difference in that. Yeah. Um, but even Jesus says, you know, with regard to the Sabbath laws, that if your ox falls into a pit on the Sabbath, well, you don't say, oh, sorry, ox, it's Saturday, I can't help you. No, you, yeah. do, you do good. You seek mm-hmm. the good and the welfare of even animals, but then especially people. That's and right. so, I think we can apply that and somebody will say, well, that's a slippery slope. Yeah, it is. That's why you have to use wisdom and, right. and apply this discerningly, carefully, right. humbly, patiently, all of the things that we said before. But yeah, I think we have to have a category for, um, you know, as Jesus said to the Pharisees, that they tithe dill and mint and cumin but they neglect the weightier matters of the law. Mm. That um, That's not a graded absolutism, but there is uh, a way that we think about public good and public welfare, and then that's the role that the government kind of plays in that, and that gets more complicated. But we do have that category for the regulative principle, uh, not always applying evenly in unusual circumstances where public good is in jeopardy. That's right. Yeah, and initially when there was a the potential that singing could spread a deadly virus to your neighbor, then the most God-honoring, neighbor-loving thing to do would be to, to not sing in that circumstance. Um, but as we've, as we've worked and as you've seen and as we've talked about, we're, we're working to get it changed, and, yeah. and we'll continue to do that. So continue to pray. And that's even it. You know, we're, There's an area where we disagree. We still want to honor the emperor. And so we're yep. going through appropriate channels. We're not just jumping right to disobedience. We are trying to... Um, yeah, we're trying to work with them. We're trying to to respect them and show them the honor that they're due. Yeah, and considering the regulative principle again, that would certainly involve the uh, observance of ordinances of Lord's Supper and baptism. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think this is exposed is a somewhat anemic view of those ordinances. Um, I haven't heard a whole lot of complaining about how we haven't been able to observe baptism yeah. or Lord's Supper. Um, just mostly complaining, complaining about mask and 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 not singing. Um, you and know, so I would argue that Lord's Supper and baptism are even more integral to the life, health, and growth of the body yeah. than than the the weekly uh, singing of songs. Yeah. So um, not to not to make a hierarchy where there isn't one in Scripture, but but those are those are key aspects of what the body does. Yeah. And and represent. Um, yeah, and that's to you know, each other and to the world. We're we're opening those things back up too. You that's know, right. we just had a Lord's Supper service. We should yeah. have a baptism, baptism service. service. It will be uh, as on the eighteenth on so, the release of this podcast. It'll be this Sunday. We'll yeah. have a baptism service. Yeah, which I love our baptism services. It's yeah, it's a beautiful picture of what what Christ has done in the in the life of our church and these individuals, and uh, a beautiful display of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you can look forward to that. Anticipate that this Sunday. And then, uh, and then we'll have another Lord's Supper service, uh, uh, the twenty fifth, October twenty fifth, on Sunday, mm. because then at the end of the month, uh, during our normal Wednesday Lord's Supper service time, we'll have our members meeting and elders Q and A. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to get back to these, uh, observing these ordinances and celebrating uh, what what Christ is doing in and through our body. Um, so. So what I would kind of end with and, and encourage people to do is to read Romans chapter 12 and consider all that, that Paul talks about as our 
you know, reasonable worship and mm-hmm. living sacrifice and renewing our minds. But then he just kind of he rattles off a list of how we are, how we should conduct each other yeah. in light of who we are, right. uh, in light of the truths that he had laid out in the first eleven chapters. So, um, and I'd always kind of seen that. You know, we 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 study Romans, and you see the first eleven chapters, a lot of doctrine ending with his doxology Mm at the end of Romans 11. Then he goes into chapter 12, and then the last few chapters are more the life and how that theology should affect the way we live. What I've been struck with lately is that Romans chapter 12, and I didn't even go to seminary, and I learned this, but Romans chapter 12 leads right into Romans 13. Wow. What an insight. (laughs) (laughs) And Romans 13 is all about submitting to our governing authorities. And then... Right after that section, the first seven verses of chapter 13, goes right back into loving your neighbor. Mm, yep. It is just, it is who we are. Yeah. It is what we, what we are to do. Now, we're going we're gonna to disagree on how that looks, but, but yeah, we should and That's be, why it goes into matters of conscience and how right. we think about we each other. We should be gracious and, to yeah, each other. Yeah, that we, we, can, we can disagree. Yeah. We can submit to those that we're supposed to submit to, show yeah. honor where honor's due. Yeah. And All issues in, of conscience get fleshed out in chapter 14. 14. That's right. Yeah. Man. It's like Paul knew what he was doing when Romans he was putting this 12, book together. 13, and 14. It was like he had help. It's like, yeah, it's like he had some superpower <laughs> helping him out. Um, those are, those have been chapters of just uh, conviction, but also clarity and just a, a balm to my soul mm-hmm. as I've struggled with these things mm-hmm. and struggled to help others think through these things. So if you're struggling, Read read God's word. Go to His word, and, and I'd suggest starting with Romans twelve thirteen and fourteen uh, as areas of of meditation. And then you know, two just prayer. I was reminded of that. Um, I'm in First Kings in my study, my my devotional study, and reading about Elijah and how fervently he was praying, uh, even though God was saying like, "Hey, I'm going to do this thing, and I'm going to do that thing." That Elijah was still dedicated to prayer, which James brings out that Elijah was just a man like us, but he prayed and remarkable things happened. And so we need to be, I was just, you know, again, convicted. I'm not praying enough Mm. for, I'm not praying for this pandemic to end. I'm not praying for uh, favor with the government. I'm not praying for unity in our church the way that I need to be. And, And we all just need to keep on doing that. I know it's getting long and we're getting tired, but we have to keep at it. That's right. That's right. Well, even in, in as much as I believe that this year is, is exposing a lot of things in the American church, uh, in our church, and in my own heart and mind, uh, I know he has his purposes in it. Uh, we can trust him. He is faithful. And he, through Christ, will build his church. Um, and we are, we are a body gathered by God. Uh, and to gather every Sunday around the Word uh, for the edification of the people of God to the praise of the glory of God. Well, you've been listening to the Desert Springs Church podcast. If you have questions about our church or anything we talked about, please reach out to us, info at dscabq.com. And don't forget to RSVP for this Sunday. You can do that on the website. You can do that through the app. You can call the church front office, uh, which is 505-797-8700. You like that? I'm impressed. Off the top of my head. I don't even know my wife's phone number. Yes. So give us a call, drop an email, 
Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And if you have other areas uh, that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so you can reach out to us uh, with suggestions there. Uh, but for now, let us be in prayer for these things. Let us be seeking to edify, encourage, strengthen, serve, and work uh, for the good of the body and for the glory of God. And let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper. Uh, soon and soon, very soon, soon, we are going to be podcasting. Uh, what are we talking about today? Ragtime. Uh, I think I should just just soapbox. We're gonna rush Limbaugh this, and yeah. you're just <laughs> you're just gonna go. Yeah. And I'll be like the other guy that's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I know that's right. Um, we're gonna talk about JD Greer. JD Greer and his skinny jeans. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna talk about weed eater haircuts. I want to know what he has in mind. What? Yeah, that's what I was trying I to picture. I think it's when that. you have like the really jagged and the like you get the lines shaved in your head. lines yeah. and yeah. kind of Thor Ragnarok-y. Would I have a weed eater haircut? He probably think you would. Would he yeah. think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Would these count as skinny jeans? Oh, I'm sure that you'd think they would. I know I've got some. Mine aren't skinny jeans because I can't fit into skinny jeans. But I wear jeans that look like skinny it's, jeans. Yeah, <laughs> it's because you do all those squats. <laughs> Any kind of jeans look like skinny jeans on you.